Alrighty, gang. Here's to nights that turn into mornings and friends that turn into family. Cheers! Happy Hello, hello, and welcome to the Friendship IRL podcast. I'm your host, Alex Alexander. My friends, they would tell you, I like to ask the hard questions. You know who I am in the group. I'm the person that's saying, okay, I'm going to ask this question, but don't feel like you have to answer it. And now I can be that friend for you too. Hi, everyone. Man. Okay, here we go. Welcome to the first episode. I can't believe I'm doing this. So let me tell you how I got here, because why not? Why not? I mentioned in the trailer that my friends kept threatening to record me secretly, a variety of them. I also had friends who would say, (laughs) like, we'd be talking and they'd be like, Alex, Alex, turn on video record or open the voice memo on your phone. We'd be in the middle of the conversation. I would totally lose my train of thought, but I have all these half-recorded conversations. And uh, gosh, I mean, that happened for months. It happened for months, multiple friends. Like, people need to hear this. And I just kept saying, I think I have a couple of years, so I start a podcast. I think I have a couple of years. Well, here we are. Don't have a couple of years. My friend S, who actually works with me, she's on my team. I was telling her one day, we were on the phone, we do these epic, we always say we're not going to talk that long, and then normally it's two to three hours. We go on a walk and we chat. We talk about life. We talk about business too eventually, but we also, you know, try and keep those separate. But I was telling her, I'm like, ugh, I'm just really struggling to record content which makes no sense because I can talk about this all day, but I turn on the camera and I'm supposed to talk and I just clam up. It doesn't sound the same as when I am just casually having conversations with friends. It's not the same. So I told her, like, I think I'm just going to start hitting record on my phone and I'll use that as content. She goes, Alex. I kept going. I was like, I think I'll just record these long clips few minutes, and then I can cut them up. I can cut them up into like 30 seconds, one minute. That'll be my social media content. That's what I'll post on Instagram and TikTok. She's like, Alex. I'm like, that's it. That's what I'm going to do. I'm just going to start recording myself. I'm going to cut it up. Alex, do you know what that is? That is a podcast. I'm like, no, no, I'm just trying She's like, if you don't cut it up, it is a podcast. And if you record a podcast, then you could cut it up if you wanted, or you could just release the entire thing for people to hear. (laughs) That's it. You could have candid conversations with friends. You should launch a podcast. So she was right. I should launch a podcast. Here I am. So thank you, S. Thank you to all my other friends. You know who you are for pushing me to get on here and share what you get to hear all the time with everybody else. Why? Why do I talk about community and friendship? How did I get here? What is the point of listening to me? Let's start with 
I don't consider myself an expert. I'm not a friendship expert. (laughs) I'm just a person who cares really deeply about friendship. And I'm sure I'll do more episodes where I dive deeper into this. But the basics are my friends are my support system. They're what I have. I did not grow up with a great family of origin situation. I still don't have one today. And when I was younger, I didn't really know any better. I didn't know. But maybe a year or so ago, I was talking to my sister. She's much younger than me. Hi, Jay. And she was asking for my perspective on a story from our childhood. And I'm telling her the story. And all of a sudden, she stops and she's like, Alex, that sounds so lonely that you had to do all of that by yourself. Like, no one was there to help you. And I never, I never really thought about it that way, but she's right. My childhood was pretty lonely. And I was surrounded by people, family, friends, but I wasn't being honest about what was happening at home or all the struggles I was having. My mom passed away when I was 13. And like I said, my brother and sister are much younger. When I was 13, they were three and five. So a lot of raising them fell on me, is the honest truth. And I just didn't tell anybody about that. I just pretended like I was a normal kid. But in reality, I went home and had a lot of stresses I wasn't telling anybody about. When I got to high school, I really leaned into friendships. And I didn't really know what I was doing at the time. And I definitely was not being honest with them. Those same friends from high school, only in the past few years have I been honest about what it was like when I went home. And they had no idea. (laughs) They're shocked. But I mean, I, I had them. I went to their houses. And it was like a real respite for me. Again, I didn't really know that, but it was. Fast forward to college, and I really started to build this like bigger, broader support system. And for the first time in my life, I had people that when I told them I was having a bad day or whatnot, they were there for me. I didn't have to take care of them. They took care of themselves, and I took care of myself. But when I needed them, they were able to show up for me. But those friends still didn't even know what was happening. Wasn't until after college, you know, with an extensive amount of therapy, (laughs) that I started being honest about how vital these friendships were in my life, how they were my main support system. I mean, like being honest to the extent of saying, hey, I know everybody thinks everybody wants to go home for Christmas, but I don't really want to go home. I'd rather go home with you to your family. Like that level of support system. (laughs) But the wild thing is, the more honest I got with them, the more they started to realize what a role they played for me, the more they started to realize what a role they were playing for each other. And it really made everybody appreciate these friendships. (laughs) All the way through our late 20s, I mean, even today, in my low 30s, when myself or other friends tell people about the experiences we have in our friendship, about the group trips we take, about 
the level of support, the ways we share, the ways we show up for each other, people look at us like we have completely lost it. Like, no, nobody has that as an adult. Like we do, we have it, it's real. And I had no idea what I was creating, but I created for myself a support system unlike any other. I feel the most supported I've ever felt in my entire life. And it's all because of my friends. So in your early 20s, you know, society's like, yeah, go hang out with your friends. Go do things with your friends. Go travel with your friends. You get to your late 30s and suddenly society's like, shouldn't you be focusing on your career? Why haven't you found a romantic partner yet? You should probably move closer to your family so that when, not if, society would never say if you have kids, when you have kids, you'll be around them. It wasn't even people questioning whether or not I could have good friendships. Now it's just like, why? Why invest your time in that? There's a period a couple years ago where a bunch of our friends moved away all of a sudden. Like we have this big group of friends. I mean, I have other friends outside this group and you'll hear me talk about all of them. But this group in particular, I always find really fascinating and a bunch of people moved away. I want to say like five couples. Five couples moved away all of a sudden, pretty back to back. And I was really upset about it. I probably should go back and find, I have a recording where I recorded myself, like crying into the microphone for myself to remember. I was really low and I realized I'm going to be okay. Like I still have them. I didn't lose them. Our friendships have just changed. And I built the support system for myself once. If I want people that are local to call up to do stuff, like I can find them. I can find these people. I can build the support system I need. And that's when I really started leaning into this. People have been telling me I should talk about community and friendship before that moment. But that was the moment where I really thought to myself, wow, I don't think very many people can say that. And because I had no other option as a kid, as an adult, I do things differently than most people do. Like when you have no choice, you get creative. You put yourself out there. You take risks. And I just think about these relationships I've learned. I've learned I think about them differently than most people. But in order to feel like I could share, I really wanted to understand what was happening. How could I categorize these types of friendships? What was changing exactly? And I pretty much spent a year, a year and a half, obsessively thinking about friendships <laughs> to the point where I accidentally wrote a book. And that'll be released in early 2023. But I like really dove in <laughs> trying to understand like the exact nuances and why I think about them differently, how I think about them differently, what is happening with other people, because obviously other people are having different experiences than I am. And I can't wait to share that with you. So real fast, what does this podcast look like? Well, today I'm recording solo, which I will do from time to time. But I'm really hoping to just have everyday people on here where we can talk about all sorts of intricacies, nuances of friendship. People of all ages, all experiences, walks of life, 
you know, everything from a new mom, new parents trying to make friends, people who have moved cities, how we handle talking about money with our friends, what it feels like for a friendship breakup. Nothing's off limits. We're going to talk about it all. And sometimes we'll probably talk about it multiple times because that's the thing. The experience of friendship is so different for different people, and it should be. I'm not here to tell you one way to have friends be a friend. What I'm here to do is ask questions so you can decide what feels right for you and build the right support system made up of all the people, friends and family and romantic partners and children. Whatever that looks like for you, whatever feels right, I'm hoping we can talk about it so you can figure it out. And then how that fits in your life. What are you doing on the daily? What small actions are you taking to keep these friendships alive? And because, well, I titled this episode myself, the five things you need to know before we dive in, let me give you those. Number one, thinking this much about friendship and community is counterculture. People will question you. They will question how you spend your time, how you spend your resources, and why you're prioritizing your friendships with your attention. Especially if you are like late 20s and older. First-hand experience, I can tell you people question me all the time. I am a married woman. At some point, my husband Michael will be on this podcast, probably sooner rather than later, And, you know, society, people tell me all the time, like, that should be enough. Just have some kids. You'll be fine. Culture prioritizes that American dream lifestyle. Get married, have 2.5 kids, live in the suburbs. It doesn't prioritize community involvement, connecting with people around you, creating a diverse support system. And that can include those familial and romantic relationships, but I say we go beyond that. So just know, when you're putting yourself out there, people might question you as you implement this stuff in your life. Number two, you are already choosing what's important to you. How you spend your time, how you use your resources, where you direct your attention, that is already showing what matters to you. And I just mean that in general. How many hours a week Are you watching TV? How many hours a week are you scrolling social media? Gosh, I can't believe I'm asked this question. How many people online that you have never met feel like you're friends, and yet you feel like you never have time to see your friends? We are already prioritizing what matters to us daily. And I would venture to say a lot of people are investing their time, their resources, and their attention in places that someday at the end of life are not going to have mattered. Number three, your uniqueness is deserving of belonging. Do you need me to repeat that again? Your uniqueness is deserving of belonging. People enjoy your company. People want to spend time with you. People think you're awesome. People are interested in the things you have to say, and you deserve 
all the joy and ease and support and adventure and laughs and encouragement and whatever else you need from the people around you. And you have to accept that to move forward. You are worthy of having great people in your life. Number four, I'm going to tell you to do less, to ask less, probably honestly to expect a little less. And let me explain. I think we're doing too much because we aren't taking any time to reflect on how we're acting in these relationships. We just feel like we should. We are shooting on ourselves about how we should show up, about what it looks like to be a good friend. And in reality, if you just spent the time to consider what that friend needs and then you did it, you would probably save a lot of time. What are the ways you show up for people? What does your friend need? Let me give an example. So let's say you're going to throw your friend a birthday party. And you feel like you should throw this big party, right? If they're going to ask you to throw a party, you should throw a big party. Maybe that friend, though, is really not the person that likes a big party. Maybe what they would prefer is a small, intimate dinner with two to three people. So if you throw the big party, you're going to do all this work that really isn't going to hit the mark. It's not going to give your friend what would be the most impactful. And if you just took a little bit of time to consider what is going to make the most impact, you actually could do less work because it's a lot less work to plan a party or to plan a dinner for two to three people than it is to plan a big party. That's one example, but it could also just be a friend losing a grandparent or a loved one and you feeling like you need to arrange this big thing for them when in reality they just want you to come over and sit beside them. They just want you to call or text them every day and say, I'm thinking of you. Please feel free to just not respond. It's a lot less effort, but it's more on the mark. Number five, all this friendship stuff is uncomfortable. It just is. Here's why. Because when you start actually looking at your friendships, you realize things are different. Things have changed. Things are changing. The ways you spend time with friends change with life milestones and moves and career shifts. And when that happens, it impacts you and your relationship. And now you know it. Now you are very aware of the change. You are forced to sit with it and acknowledge that things are different. Sometimes you might realize that you thought you were close to someone and really you're not. Doing all this friendship stuff probably is going to force you to try new things, put yourself out there, experience some rejection is, I'd like to say maybe, but it's not, it's inevitable. You will experience rejection and you'll just get used to it. And sometimes you will try something like, I don't know, maybe going to a meetup group or a friend invites you to like a friend of her friend's party and you are in the middle of it and you realize it's not the right fit for you. That's okay, but you did it. I'm not here to tell you it's not going to be uncomfortable because it is. So one more time, let me tell you the five things you got to know before we dive in full tilt talking about friendship and community. One, this is counterculture. Two, you are already choosing what is important to you. Three, your uniqueness is worthy of belonging. Four, 
I'm probably going to tell you to do less, ask less, and expect less. And five, this stuff is uncomfortable. My only hope is that this episode, and honestly every episode, creates more conversation about these important relationships. And that can start between you and me, or perhaps between you and your friends. Now, this is a new podcast, and I know we're new friends. But can you do me a favor? Can you leave me a review for Friendship IRL? Thank you for listening to this episode of Friendship IRL. I am so honored to have these conversations with you, but don't let the chat die here. Send me a voice message. I created a special website just to chat with you. You can find it at alexalex.chat. You can also find me on Instagram. My handle at it's Alex Alexander, or go ahead and leave a review wherever you prefer to listen to podcasts. Now, if you want to take this conversation a step further, send this episode to a friend, tell them you found it interesting, and use what we just talked about as a conversation starter the next time you and your friend hang out. No need for a teary goodbye. I'll be back with a new episode next week.